thought to slay another. We shall slay ourselves. Where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of existence. Thought to be alone. We shall be with all the world. That was a passage from The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell, and it really resonated with me. Wanted to share it with you, and then I thought, how could I share it with you without sounding pretentious? So I decided, hey, uh, let me uh, run my guitar and a bunch of weird shit through my new portal from Mystic Circuits and all my other distortion modules. And what happens if I play this old weird hokey country riff through all this weird modulated shit, and then uh, you know made a track out of it, and then pitched my voice down, and then explained the joke? But is it a joke? I don't, I don't know, but I am explaining myself, and and people tell me I should stop doing that. Let's get into the episode. This week's episode is made possible by Afterlater Audio's Heritage Line, Patchwork Seattle, and listeners like you. If you'd like to help keep these episodes coming each week, please visit patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. So do you have a Needham Woodworks case yet? Have you seen his new skiffs? He's making these, uh, these skiffs that are really really gorgeous so if you don't want like the full giant case but you still want a nice nicely crafted wooden beautiful uh house for your modules i highly recommend you go check out needhamwoodworks.com also if you're making a diy case and you need some power eschatonic modular is the place to find your power um so yes i love eschatonic and needham woodworks you hear me talk about them every week so why don't you get in on the fun and, and pick yourself up some? Ooh, didn't even mean to rhyme there, but I did, and it was cool. Anyways, thank you, Lisa Belladonna, for this this lovely jam. I'm, I, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, I'll never get bored of it. Anyways, let's let's get into this episode here. How many times am I gonna say let's get into this episode in this intro? Let's make it a drinking game. Podmod drinking game. Actually, if you have any ideas for Podmod drinking games, uh, go to the Discord. Link in my link tree on Instagram. Go to Discord and uh, you know put your drink your Podmod drinking game uh, suggestions in there. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to get a complex. So I'm an idiot, and I erased my file for the second time for the theme song, and I'm too embarrassed to ask. Greg Markle, the guy who made the theme song, for my third copy of it, um, which I will do. I will ask him for that, um, and then I'm going to be a smart person and put it on an external hard drive. But until then, I'm going to use uh, this song called "Freezer Burn" off of the Getaway EP released recently by Nasty Nachos, aka Alex Anderson from WMD. Um, 
I've listened to this. Last week, I went for a walk around the neighborhood every day, four days in a row, feeling good about that. And every day, I listen to this record, and you can probably hear why. It's good motivational music. Um, I'm going to keep this intro relatively short. Let's just get right into it. But here is uh, here are some things I want to say. One is the Discord uh, server has been a, a lot of fun. We got a couple new channels there. Um, we got a, a patch challenge channel. We got uh, a music suggestion channel. We got a, uh, a weekly episode discussion channel. So I'd love for y'all to get into there and, and talk about what you liked about the episode. And I don't know chat about it and then um there's a general and i think that's it for now um speaking of uh the patch challenge uh page we had two people upload their patch challenges uh for last week's prompt and i'm gonna play those in a moment um also what else is there i don't know i've got this new project idea that i'm gonna be announcing soon it's kind of like an album slash open source collaboration thing but uh we'll just we'll just we'll leave it at that for now it'll be a little tease um yeah i hope you guys are all keeping sane out there it's weird it's getting weird it's been weird hopefully it'll start getting less weird but the closer to normal quote unquote we get the weirder it'll be maybe because normal i keep hearing this term the new normal what the fuck does that mean um Anyways, let's get into this episode. We got This Is Not Rocket Science on the show, and we had a lovely chat. Uh, You can hear my voice echoing back a little bit through their microphone. Um, Yeah, sorry about that. Other than that, uh, yeah, having a good time in quarantine. (laughs) I still have uh, available slots open for modular lessons. Been having a lot of fun with that, so if you're interested in doing some modular lessons, please... uh, Get a hold of me at podmodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to all you Patreon subscribers. Thank you to the sponsors. And uh, yeah, let's check out some of these patch challenges that uh, some Discord server members submitted last week. So if you remember, the the adjective and noun pairing was fateless given. Fateless given. Uh, And R. Benny did that last week. Uh, This is Nullfy Infinities. Fateless given. Let's check it out for a minute. That was submitted by Null Phi Infinity, N-U-L-L, 
space, P-H-I space, infinity, a.k.a. Ryan Dunn, and he is the host of the new modular podcast called Rat's Nest, where uh, he patches some stuff up and talks about it. Uh, So please check that out. Next up, we have Cadenza OG. Let's check out Cadenza OG's Fateless Given. Okay, thank you, Cadenza OG, for that sweet, sweet patch. Uh, I just played snippets of these two patches uh, for time's sake, uh, but if you would like to listen to them in their entirety, they are on the Discord server, and uh, and if you want to get on there and start, uh, you know, participating in that, I would love that. It's been a lot of fun. Anyways, let's uh, let's talk to this is not rocket science really quick. as well um how are you doing today uh, or tonight i guess for you well just just evening it's six o'clock in the evening <laughs> yeah. six uh, o'clock so this is our just before dinner activity now <laughs> oh cool well then i won't take up too much of your time no 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 this is fine it's fine <laughs> i already uh, and I just opened the wine i'm like i'm, I'm all chill <laughs> now for this to happen yeah <laughs> cool and you guys are in uh, amsterdam right He's an cool. original Amsterdam person. I'm from um, originally from an island a little bit more to the north, but I've been here 20 years now. So, okay, okay, cool. Um, so, I usually try to do just a little bit of research, like look up, look for videos of of interviews and and read you know mission statements on websites and stuff. And I have to say that. Um, you guys are hard to do cursory research on because it, it feels like there's just so much stuff and there's so much stuff I want to get to know about you. I'm ah. very curious. Like, it seems like you guys both have maybe, like, I mean, I see a stack of books as tall as me behind you guys. I feel like you're both uh, academics outside of 
Well, of the modular uh, but Priscilla world. is very much an academic. I, I'm a, a, a university <laughs> dropout. <laughs> but, but I dropped out because I had too many books to read. So that, that's. <laughs> Cool. Well, I definitely want to talk with, talk with you guys about that. Um, I always have kind of a, a warm place in my heart for, for academics. I, was, I went to school for seven years. I did an undergrad um, in primate behavior and, um, and anthropology. And then I did uh, all but thesis for a master's. Right. So, but that was a long time ago. So it's kind of, it's, it's cool to uh, kind of dip my toes back into that world I every had, once I, in a while. I did, um, I come from the social sciences. So, mm -hmm. and the university that I went to had like a very broad first year of doing all of it. So I had anthropology for a while as well as a subject. And I, I was really interested in pursuing that, but I'm just a little bit too pragmatic of what, what the fuck can you do? with a degree yeah. in anthropology. Like, well, I'll tell you so what I, I did with my degree in anthropology. I became an electrician. See? <laughs> <laughs> I did work Excellent. for... The, so here in the United States, it's um, there's really only two things you can do with that degree. You can, you can work... Uh, you can stay in academia, which was my plan. I wanted to become a professor, but I burnt myself out. Um, or you can go into what's called cultural resource management, which is like the most boring way of doing archaeology. And oh. I did some of that, and it's very bureaucratic. And yeah, not, not for me. So yeah, I ended, I'm, I ended up an electrician. But I am instructing at the, uh, the trade school that I went to. So I did find a way to make it work for still me. Still humans so. somewhere. Still some human yeah. connection going on. <laughs> yeah. Good. And, and I guess we're, since we're on the topic, I, wanna, I wanna, so you, you study, I, I know gaming is a lot. It seems to be a heavy emphasis on what you're studying. and Yeah, if, if I can just rattle off um, my, what do you say, degrees or educations. Uh, first off, it's, it's sort of like a business degree in marketing. Uh, and okay. then years later, okay. I went to a normal university, did social sciences, ended up with a bachelor in communication science, and then a master's in media psychology, and my thesis was about um, gaming and different because here's where it becomes difficult because uh, you want to give like broad answers, but anything in academia is always about minute details. So <laughs> and the, fur the further you go, the more minute those details. <coughs> yes. get, it seems like. Yeah, I remember um, coming into university with this idea of uh, yay, the scientific method. Now I can finally find the truth and the answers. And the further <laughs> along you get, you know how <laughs> nonsensical that is. It's like, nah. that is exactly what I went to school for. Yeah. I, 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 I was like, I, I, had just, I, I read a few books and one teacher told me I was smart in high school and uh, I was a C student the whole time. And then one, all it took was one person being like, hey, you're kind of smart. And I was like, Aww. I'm going to be the smartest person in the world nice. and I'm going to figure it all out. And yep, same thing happened. Just kind of burnt myself out. And then what, what everything I learned just made me realize that there's so much more we don't know yeah. than we know. And we'll never, we'll never cross that divide. <laughs> But it's it's okay still to be appreciative of what you do know. It's always mm -hmm. it's also the first part of learning or becoming an expert is getting out of that. Um, it's not quite well known the Dunning Kruger effect. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. the less you know about anything, the more convinced you are of it. So the first yep. hurdle you have to get through is 
that your ego is going to hurt while you figure out yeah. <laughs> how much you don't know about something. You yeah, know, yeah. Another word for it is learning curve. That, that mm-hmm. is kind of the same process. So th- getting yeah. back to um, my my thesis is about oh yeah, uh, certain forms of presence as a um, psychological um, experience and comparing between um, MMORPGs and ARGs and being interested in that because these different types of... Uh, shall I hold it? Yeah. These <laughs> different types of presents are known to um, have an effect on how much you learn with, within an okay. environment. So Okay. So um, kind of if I'm understanding right, it's like uh, online RPGs where you play with a bunch of people and then augmented reality. Is that... Is that the two? Yeah, alternate reality. So alternate now, reality. Okay. Uh, so this was before Pokemon Go uh, was a thing, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of an alternate reality game. Um, so again, the academic will start. With, we'll need to talk about definitions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about? What's your operational definition of a JRPG? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and in and because sometimes that matters to uh, the concept that I'm trying to investigate is how you define what we're talking about at all. Uh, and again, this is where you go from I want the truth to I can only figure out millimeters at a time because first you have to figure out what the hell you're talking about. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and this then after I did my uh, master's, I worked for that university for a while um, and then I went traveling which was uh, awesome, but also if you're in a network, <laughs> you may not want to completely dig yourself out of that network because it might be hard <laughs> to get back in. Um, but I did see India and Australia, and I had a really interesting year. But after that year, I had a hard time getting back. And then I ended up with an external PhD. I also met you in the meantime. And with... <laughs> And you, I don't know if we can show you maybe a bit more about this basement later, but uh, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's left. Uh, he's just moved three times in your life? Uh, in, in, in my life, I, I was born maybe a kilometer away from here. Then I lived uh-huh. 23 years, like 700 meters <laughs> away from here. And, uh, <laughs> my grandmother is 300 meters the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've lived here for more than a decade now. And this whole social oh, so isolation thing, I barely know if anything. She's more at home. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I was going to say, this probably isn't, this social isolation isn't affecting you too much then. <laughs> uh, it's, it's extra busy online. Everybody is suddenly in the chat rooms again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's, Priscilla, you mentioned a few things. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. The, the workspace here and. Um, is it easy for you to move that? Okay, then we won't. Um, so we have a little music studio here that you can probably see a little bit of. I see guitars and synths and books and loose modules and ribbon cables. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, whoa. That looks like a lot of fun. behind the camera. Huge key. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, my, my <laughs> huge case is right, just right off to the left here. <laughs> and then behind this is the electronics workshop, um, which is a mess. 
<laughs> and and then, I mean, what good electronics workshop wouldn't be not a mess, messy. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there there used to be more metal and woodworking. We've recently built a shed, which now holds all the uh, at least all the metal working stuff. Yeah. No. But this is this is like a, a very decked out nest of somebody who makes very specific <laughs> things. There is no way in hell that this is going to be, you know, easy to transport or displace or something. <laughs> well, Priscilla, your your backstory reminded like made me think of a few things. One, um, I'm glad you mentioned the Dunning Kruger effect. Uh, I experience it every day being here in America. Um, there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, and I don't want to totally disparage my, uh, my academic past, as, uh, you know, because I said, oh, I studied this and I ended up this. I think the most valuable thing that I got out of my whole academic experience was just critical thinking skills, yeah. you know, um, and, and kind of that, that the, like you mentioned earlier, kind of becoming aware of your ego and being like, oh, shit, like, even if I become the smartest person in the world, I still won't know more than I know. And I think that's powerful for for people to to understand. Yeah, I think if you... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> if you, it's easier for me also to defer to experts because, because mm -hmm. I have an expertise, but that expertise is not necessarily linked that I'm I'm so special or I'm so smart. I've just read this mm -hmm. in this topic, I'm 10 years ahead in reading about it. If you're reasonably yeah. intelligent, you read the same stuff for 10 years, you'll know what I know. And Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, when I studied human evolution, it was it was really I have a lot of uh Christian family, so I would I would have a lot of arguments ah. and you know like I, I wish I would have thought of this because it's just so apparent now. I, I, I just like, I can't condense seven years of school into our 20 minute conversation Yeah. when they, you know, they, they'd kind of get me in a, aha, you can't explain that. And I'm like, well, I'd have to explain to you the basic principles of biology first. <laughs> yes. And we have now a lot, of course, with Corona, they're like really ridiculous to my mind things floating on the internet that oh yeah uh, of course it's always bill gates who has invented some sort of um <laughs> micro bots that are infecting everybody and taking over their brains and, <laughs> or the yeah the 5g know. yeah the 5g thing is insane <laughs> and it and, and annoys me but now i try to okay so what i'm hearing is that you're scared which i get yeah. because i'm scared mm -hmm. too <laughs> yeah totally absolutely so, yeah and just try and leave it there because you would have to explain depending on the knowledge of the person in front of you like at least four years or of something mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of um expert epidemiologists as of late on <laughs> facebook it's very strange i'm not a virologist <laughs> but i'm not a doctor <laughs> yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so so <laughs> um, so Stein, what about what? Let's let's get your backstory. Ah, where? How about this? Are you are you an electric electrical engineer by training, or d how did you get into that? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not an electrical <laughs> engineer whatsoever. Um, I, I was highly amused when when recently there was this, uh, there's a new Facebook group that popped up with which is synthesizer DIY for non engineers. I said, ah, that's me. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I grew up with uh, 
quite artistic parents, and uh, there, there's always been a whole bunch of art around me. Uh, my father played a bunch of musical instruments. Uh, I was a painter for a while. My mother was a painter and a writer for a while. Uh, there was, uh, my mother was also, also very uh, much involved in the whole educational thing. She's been a teacher for a long time. So uh, I've always been exposed to many books and many, many art forms and many people working on art in, in various things. Um, but I got... Uh, well, a, a deep fascination and with, with just science and the universe in general. So by the time I was 18, I really wanted to study physics because I, uh, with the main goal, finding out why a violin sounds nice. Because there's, uh, well, there, there's many things about a violin. Just, okay, amazing sound, a lot of, a lot of sound mostly for such a tiny thing. Um, mm -hmm. But what can we say about why it is nice? And th this is part of the reason why, why I've eventually ended up leaving there because well physics people know a lot about a lot of things but um this is very close on the edge of art and science instead of just science so they could tell me all kinds of acoustical properties or propagation models of what 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 happens in wood and the ba barrier between air and wood and uh, and the strings that are involved but then at some point you get you get into the well we know exactly how all these bits work but we still don't know why it's beautiful and then you go all the way into <laughs> yeah. psychology and art and everything else. Psychoacoustics. I was going to say, it, it, it makes sense that you ended up with a psychologist then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but I, uh, after a year of, uh, of doing a lot of physics, uh, having a lot of fun there as well, and um, also finally experimenting with electronic... I've, I've always had electronics kids kits around the place since I was a kid. So I was always playing with resistors and transistors and some microcontrollers in the, when, when they were just coming out. Um, but by the, by the time I was in physics, in the, uh, in, in the laboratory things we had to practice or just, just laboratory experiments to, to learn uh, certain properties about, uh, about components, I always brought a headphone so I could just listen to what the hell we were doing because there's, you, you can see stuff on an oscilloscope, but your ear is actually an amazing spectrometer to, to find out what's going on. So I was already just mm -hmm. sort of... At, at that point, uh, my audio software career had already started, but I was using the electronics labs to sort of plug in and listen to the circuits to, as a shortcut to be, be faster with my homework. Okay. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it, 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 it saves you from a lot of measurements and, and writing down tables if you can just hear it and say, well... We've just lost all the, all the base notes. This is a capacitor, and then your black box components can can go in and have to measure the next component <laughs> to find out what it is. Okay. So what was that? Wait, you said audio engineering. Then is that what you mentioned? Uh, sorry, the you said you had already started your audio engineering. Ah, no, no, my my audio software career. Because uh, audio, I am, yeah, that's right. I I started what? out. Uh, well, there's, there's a whole different story. We have to go way, way back as well. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever since I was, um, when I was 10 years old, I got my first house mixtapes. But I don't uh -huh. even know how I got them anymore, but I think it was a copy of a copy of a copy and some, some late night recording on a, on a tape deck. Um, but I was com completely uh, enthralled by, by, by having these tapes and listening to them all day long on my first Walkman. Um, and then I, I, I really wanted to start making that because I, I, I just saw my father making music and I heard his other music. So yeah, there must be a way in which I can make this music. So Tiny Stein went to the studio store 
um, with all his savings, um, 100 guilders or something, which is 50 euros or something right now. Um, uh -huh. So I, I went there, very hopeful, I'm going to make house music this evening. <laughs> and then I found out <laughs> that I needed about 10,000 guilders worth of gear before I could even get started. <laughs> so I went home, a bit sad. Um, but at, th at this point, my father had started a new job as a translator uh, to make some extra money. Um, translating English to Dutch, and to do this, he got a a, a decent PC at home, and, and we we could borrow a PC from his work. And I did the almost cliche back of the envelope calculation, thinking, well, this machine can do so many operations per second. This should maybe be capable of making music. So I okay. uh, I picked up a programming book, completely convinced that I was going to get beeps out of this. <laughs> <laughs> And no, nobody told me that it wasn't possible. So eventually we got beeps out of it. <laughs> and quite a while later, we got some serious beeps out of it. <laughs> it was just just on the edge of when real-time audio became possible on, on a PC. Before that, you, you could make a track and you had to render it like you do with video sometimes. Like you, you, have mm -hmm. a, you want to have 30 seconds of sound and come back two hours later and you have your sound. But yeah. there was this magic turnover point where if you were really dedicated in optimizing things... You could actually calculate stuff in real time and just play it live. And okay. um, this this was slightly before Steinberg came with the VST standard. Mm -hmm. So uh, for for all the uh, the hardcore tracker fans, this, this I'm specifically talking now about Jescola Buzz, which was slightly after Fast Tracker, if that, that rings any bells. Not for me, but ah, I'm sure is, uh, a lot of ears just perked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, for for all the people that don't know, I'm I'm also known as Zephod in uh, in Jazz Club Buzz. I've I've made about seventy plugins for that system over over the oh, years. Oh wow! Um, all of them available as freeware. A lot of it doesn't work anymore due to BitRot because it it started on Windows ninety five, uh, and it's still mm -hmm. going actually. But a lot of the old plugins just don't start anymore. Yeah. Um, I want I, I still use it to make music, and I still do it to, to write all my DSP prototypes. And it's still an amazing community. The IRC channels are still full of people, but almost nobody knows about it these days. <laughs> I love that this this especially okay. This I love this story for so many reasons. I'll start with that a ten year old found this this house this house music. Like for a ten year old to find like this dubbed tape of house music and fall in love is that's already like. I, I'm kind of a sentimental, romantic person, so that's already like an awesome story to me. But then, the fact that you, the, the you wanted to make this music so bad, you were so determined that you, you know, you you tried to buy the gear. Okay, I can't buy the gear. There's way, it costs way too much money. So you bent this computer to your will eventually because that's how badly you wanted to make music. And I think that is, I love that story. I think it's very admirable. Yay. <laughs> can I? Can I? Because there's one even cuter story. Can I tell it? Or do you want to? Oh, yeah, this is because yeah. we we figured this out a while ago. As this is um, his first musical programming, because his his father played a lot of piano and dvorsplat, um, flute, um, and he was as a really small kid. So what is this? Two, four. For he was noticing that his father got behind a piano, looked at a paper with a bunch of dots on it, and then played something. So he got paper, put some dots on it, and put it in front of his father. <laughs> and the father played along. So he went, okay, so I'm going to interpret these dots and do something. And then he 
made other dots and his father would play <laughs> something else. Oh and, my God, that yeah, is so that's cool. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's your first. So were you, that is so cool. That is, I think it also um, very neatly gives you a, a view of, um, I think what a difference it has made for you to have those kinds of parents. Who are, you know, yeah. viewing the world. We were just talking about sort of the science way of thinking and his parents have a very art way of thinking and viewing the world. And uh, yeah, I think that shaped Yeah, most people, most people seem to have to find that through their friend's older brother or sister or their, their second cousin that visits, you know, every other summer or something like that. With <laughs> their parents. So where were we in the story? So yeah, there, there, there's all these <laughs> plugins now in the world, and and I was studying physics at the same time. So the, the, this this online community, well, also online communities in general were barely starting up at that point. So this is uh, end of the '90s. We had had a bunch of chat rooms for for this stuff. Um, then after a year of of being slightly disappointed in uh, in physics because well the physics was great the teachers were great mm -hmm. but there, there was a lot of truth but no beauty so the, yeah. um I got out and I made uh, I, I think still it's an amazing deal that my, my parents allowed me to do this um, they were paying tuition here with Admittedly, in the Netherlands, so it's it's in no. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, I will be. I I won't pay off my school. I will die with student loan debt. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah. I I, uh, I the year after I stopped, my student loan was already paid off. That that's how little it was. Oh, nice. But uh, I got one one more tuition fee to spend on books and other things. But when I dropped out, so it was because I didn't want to stop learning. I just didn't want to learn there, and I had a mission. Uh -huh. So it's well, I, I just go somewhere and uh, and learn all these things by myself. Um, and they were probably also convinced because I already had all these people sending me books because I had an open call online. If, if you want me to make a certain thing, well, uh -huh. if you help me learn about the thing, of course I'll try it. So there, there were a whole bunch <laughs> of people from, from this community that, that sent me extra books to read. And then just that is so cool. go, go, go somewhere with that. And... Um, parents house was that or is that later no, no, people yeah. coming to visit you at your parents house uh, from all over the world that were also making music um working in this yeah what do we call it environment so uh, in bus. <laughs> yeah but it, i think you were really part of that first generation that went online and just found a whole new meaning of, of connectedness I was mm -hmm. much later. That's what to I'm. Be yeah, that's the sense I'm picking up as well. Yeah, like you, one of the early people who saw how powerful and how you could make it work for what you wanted to do. And of course, it helps being in Amsterdam, and we have a gigantic airport here, so everybody is bound to fly through at some point. Uh -huh. <laughs> and if they, if they know you're here, and they have to have a, have a stay over, how do you call it? It has a, a fantastic appeal. People want to come to Amsterdam. People yeah, have never I, been I here want. I like, really want to come. See, um, my my <laughs> my step my step grandfather, who I'm, I'm really close with, um, is is uh, is Dutch. He he uh, he moved to Australia and then uh, immigrated. He was twice an immigrant. Uh -huh. um, wow, went to Australia and then to the states. I think I want to say in like the. God, it was probably the '60s or something. So he's been here a while, but yeah, I've always wanted to go. Um, he's got, he's got really great stories of you know 
being a little kid in the war and and uh living in his boarded up house when he was supposed to leave you know well uh yeah his town was occupied and had these you know army bases had occupied it and they they kicked everybody out but him and his his family and some other families around the uh the neighborhood stayed in their houses in secret and uh they would send the kids out to you know because they were smaller to try to ration food and they would go into other abandoned houses and break the uh, furniture for for wood for fires and stuff yeah pretty pretty crazy stories yeah (laughs) it's um but yeah so were you go ahead Oh yeah, let, let's see where we are over here in the story because I uh, I dropped out of physics. I got one more year of books. Um, I started as, as, uh, to make some money. I started uh, as a sort of programmer, art director, in between person at an advertising agency for a while. Um, okay. I I I quit there because it was making me unhappy, and I I still couldn't. Uh, I still didn't get to read my books as much as I would like to. <laughs> um, but the, the moment I quit there, they wanted me to finish a bunch of stuff. So they, they hired me as a freelancer or just consultant for way higher pay uh, per hour. Um, and, and from that moment on, I, I became a consult, consultant freelancer, consulting inventor, freelance inventor person uh, for a lot of different companies. And, oh, cool. Yeah, ne- you had like a normal job for six months in your life. That's it. Yeah, th- I had six months of normal job. Uh, uh, yeah, one well, of the biggest you're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> normal jobs are the worst. <laughs> uh, but one of the b- biggest um, things I did in, in that period um, was that, that a guy from the Dutch Media Technology School contacted me at some point because uh, one, of, one of the users of that buzz um, re- re- recommended me. Because they, they were doing audio design lessons and most of the audio design lessons, he was just drawing like a modular synth on, on a blackboard uh, and then telling the students, well, this is what this should sound like, a wee 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 And <laughs> besides it just be sounding funny, it wasn't really helping the students to learn this stuff because none of them actually had a synthesizer at home. And these were classrooms with about 100 students at a time. So that uh, they came to me with, with requests if I could make an educational modular synthesizer software package. Oh, um, okay. So I did. And that's, uh, that I, I spent several years um, at least supporting this one course at Media Technology School. At first, at first just running the software, but at some point um, we got in a, in a real shouting match with the, 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 the teacher being very angry at me that I wasn't implementing stuff in the way that he thought things worked. So, but yeah, I, I built these things. This is how they work. So you can tell them <laughs> that they work different. But if I open the hood and show you the insights, this is actually what's happening. And then his, his words were, well, if, if you think you know so well, then why don't you teach the course? And I said, okay. So I, uh, <laughs> suddenly I was standing in front of 100 students that were all roughly my own age or even older because I was a fresh <laughs> dropout trying to teach them about synthesis. <laughs> In the system that I designed, uh, and that that's uh, that that system, it's called Block Modular. It's um, it's a software modular. Eventually, it it moved into a VST, and there, there's a Buzz plugin now. And uh, there, I have plans to revive it some point in the future because after the software modular, of course, there's uh, the, the real modular stuff happened. <laughs> so, were you unaware, or not? Maybe not unaware, but you you weren't into modular synthesis. You, until you got this con- like consulting freelance consulting job, um, 
Well, the the whole Just Club Buzz thing is is already a sort of modular software studio. Okay. So, but, okay. but it, it's right. it's not as granular because of optimization reasons. Individual oscillators and individual envelopes are, were quite heavy to do. So this was more like a single synth voice and then an effect box, and you could chain all these uh, effect boxes or synthesizers together in in really okay. complicated setups. So it, it wasn't that that we weren't doing modular synthesizers, just. Um, if you want to make a full piece of music on a single PC, we just couldn't afford it at that point. Okay, but if if I if so I hmm? were you, were, did you have were, were you playing with like synth hardware? Like, were, did you have any Eurorack hardware or any like desktop synths at this uh, time, or were you kind of just in the box? This was before Eurorack even existed. Um, oh wow! <laughs> so this, <laughs> uh, but I did have a bunch of synthesizer hardware, um, and almost all the synthesizer hardware that is in this studio is completely unscrewed because I've at some point measured the insides and lost the <laughs> screws somewhere, or just keep it around as, as a reference object. Uh, but but again, with the book, some people donated synthesizers for me to to sort of take apart and and maybe transfer them or even translate them into software emulations. So there, there, we, okay. we've done a whole bunch of those over the years, uh, but but oh. you are recording, right? Yeah, I oh. am recording. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I'm I'm glad you checked. Every time I do this, I'm halfway through and I get this icy feeling yes. of like, oh I my god, did I ask recording. them if they recorded <laughs> and am I recording and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you guys recording yourselves, by the way. Yay! No problem. Um, but the, so, so the, uh, the the balance if, if for these students, I, I got the design freedom of, well, these students are going to be there doing their homework on this computer and they're not going to be doing anything else. So making a modular synthesizer in that context without having to run massive polyphony or 15 instruments at a time, that, that opened up a whole bunch of uh, well d design possibilities for, for this software. So then modular made sense and then, then we could do a whole bunch of interesting things. Uh, so I, okay. I, I've always felt a bit spoiled because my first modular was polyphonic, uh -huh. <laughs> and all the Eurorack is monophonic again. Ah, so, oh, crap! <laughs> <laughs> I I have a uh, I just have this. I, I want to see if I'm right. Let me guess. You were teaching a class, and you you caught yourself saying a couple times, "Listen, this is not rocket science." Is that where the name came from? No, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not where it came from. But I'm glad you asked. It came from Laudi. It mostly with discussing with La discussing with Laudi. Laudi is the um, is is also an is an actual engineer, <laughs> and he, okay. um, he, he, I, I know him from the same Buzz community. And we've been making music software for okay, since forever. Physics, not engineering. Computer science. Oh, okay. He's computer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he's an, he's the lead engineer at at TomTom. I think uh, now I know at uh, TomTom. He is the lead engineer. He works at TomTom in uh, navigation software. Um, but he helps us in his, in his spare time with uh, electronics and software design. Um, but we were designing our first commercial uh, release, the the Tuesday, and mm -hmm. um, I had a circuit board and I was just just polishing off uh, the routing of it, and then I would give it to Laudi and he would give it to give it back to me with a whole bunch of red crosses and said, I can fix these things because they're not <laughs> optimal. And we went back and forth like five times, and at some point. It, Laudi, we're not going into space. This is not rocket science. <laughs> it doesn't need to be radiation hardened. <laughs> that, that's pretty much where it came from. Okay. And just for the listener, the Tuesday is your uh, sequencer, correct? Yes, procedural sequencer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what does procedural sequencer mean? I don't think I 
it's um, procedural in the sense that it's, it's sort of a math function or equation, and you plug an X, a Y, and an exclamation mark into this, like three variables, and it spits out a melody and associated rhythm. Okay, so it's um, kind of in the vein of a Turing machine, but maybe with a little more intent and not as random? Or Yes, it's, it's a very deterministic like Turing machine. And the, okay. um, the different uh, procedures that I put into it are all just me sitting here with the proverbial clipboard making notes about my favorite music and then finding out if, like, it, it, in the uh, prototypical 303 baseline drop what happens to these notes is, is a high note than a low note more likely to happen than the reverse? Or um, if a low, if, uh, do, do low notes have longer rests behind them than high notes or not? So for, okay. for a bunch of styles, I, I kept a lot of these notes and then made, made some mathematical functions that operate within these parameters. And uh, mm -hmm. Tuesday has 12 completely different ways of coming to these melodies and a 13th test pattern thing for calibration purposes. Okay, cool. Now, Priscilla, where do do you have a musical background? Like, how where, how how do you get roped into this operation? Uh, I, <laughs> I like his face. Is <laughs> 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 yeah, um, musical not, nothing like you, like not at all. I I've been singing like I guess my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. but now recently I've started singing lessons. So I have oh, cool. a very limited amount of technical background in what the voice actually does. And so I have, I'm not yet trained up to a level where you can just go, give me a C4 glide to, you know, I don't know, B2 somewhere. And uh, <laughs> I, I cannot do that yet for you. Um, I could, if you just played it. And then uh -huh, right. I can I can repeat it, but I'm also not wasn't used to a studio. I'm much more by now. But I come from the you know the people that sit outside on the lawn and have guitars, and, uh -huh. and drums. And then there's a, um, usually there's more than one person singing, but there's always one person that you can hear the most. That will be me. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> and I have performed if you consider busking performing okay cool and uh, so but that's so years you, and years you have ago. a natural love for music yes and we did a lot of dancing and when we were dating i think that was also one of the things where we really clicked on we were both uh you know around 30 which is the age where a lot of people stop dancing and we were <laughs> both annoyed by this cause, just because you know i'm not 20 anymore and um it's not about going out because you want to find somebody it's never been about that it's about going mm -hmm. out because you want to dance and experience music and yeah do all of that and continue doing all of that so that in that sense oh. music was a a big part of the click, but I am not musical in, in, in the same way. It's getting more and more closer now because mm -hmm. I've, we've released a, a vocal pack a while ago, which is very much a collaboration you know, between the two of us and me getting used to uh, how is a voice suitable for a studio environment? How okay. can it contribute in, you know, uh, in in this atmosphere, and not in the park with the guitar. Okay, 
Cool. So it sounds like what your whole operation um, is not just modular. It seems multifaceted. Um, am I right? That's, yeah. Am I getting the right sense there? What is now? It's, it's, um, if we're going to be completely honest about the whole modular thing, oh. um, there's, <laughs> uh, there's a moment in time where we where I almost decided that the software world was just just not it anymore just just going uh, mm -hmm. too too much web based not 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 enough we're losing too much performance to to all the the weird uh, text text that people use these days so I really wanted to to reinvent myself and go into hardware and product design and we went to China to figure out how manufacturing worked um but the long term goal for all of this is to make completed instruments um, and but the easiest way to get there is to practice by making small modules because in the amount of manufacturing stuff that can go wrong by making a module is just way less than if you start making a complete synthesizer keyboard as your first product uh-huh so um we, we almost I, I, I didn't officially sit down but i did, did plan ahead a bit like start with some simple modules like the, the tuesday was the first one which is mostly based around digital things because well we got software. We've done software for so long. I can write that. Um, so let's do the minimum amount of hardware around a piece of software that 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 looks like a fancy product uh, worth having. Um, and after we made the first batch of those, um, I, we mostly did the next two products to see if we learned all the lessons correctly. Because, well, now we think we know how the process works, but everybody always says that the process can go wrong in every possible way. So we need to do <laughs> the same process again, uh, at the very least again, again, <laughs> to see if we actually learned everything there is to learn about this before we scale up to the next thing. So that uh, okay. the Edgecutter and Wobbler were, were, the, uh, were sort of validating the lessons from the Tuesday to see if it went okay. Uh, that, that concluded the digital um, lessons of the, the system. Then we met Sinton uh, a, a while ago, the Felix Fischer and uh, Bert Vermeulen from Sinton, They've they've been uh, well, instrumental uh -huh, in in our development <laughs> as a company, uh, but they um, they gave us this amazing opportunity. To, well, one to work with them on on their next product, uh, but also use the old designs of uh, the Phoenix as uh, as a base for a whole bunch of uh, of new experiments, and now even the complete Phoenix Four. Um, but to learn that bit of manufacturing, there was the rectangular thing module which is the first time we did something completely analog to see if, if there is anything we've missed in learning about manufacturing along the way. So, so we have That was the full analog voice, right? Yes. The rectangular thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, that was like a limited thing, right? You, that's not something that you guys have in stock anymore? That was just a limited run? Well, we, we have one in stock still. <laughs> uh, a limited run indeed. It's um, mostly because it, we as a celebration of that... The experiment that we were doing is like, oh, well, oh my God, I'm actually quite happy with this in-between thing. So let's, let's just push it out there and, and share, share what we've done. Yeah. Okay. That's a, a viable thing to do. Instead of making 100, uh, make 20 out of something because, just because mm -hmm. uh, along the way of learning something and experimenting with how it sounds, you came up on something and you're like, oh, this is awesome. How fast can you go from that to sending boxes out the door? And yeah. um, also for ourselves and then keeping it at 20 because even though it's awesome, we really don't want to uh, produce more of it. And that's mainly because it's it's mostly 
one head doing all the designing and the testing and uh, a whole bunch of the manufacturing. So every time you choose to do something, you also choose to do at least six other things not. And, mm -hmm. and <laughs> the most of the something that uh, we and you especially have been doing is the Phoenix for the past two years now. Yeah. Yeah. So but in between, sorry. So uh, having that experience from rectangular thing did make it a lot easier now from circular thing, which you've seen maybe and heard in the stream I we did. I think so. I think so. Is that something you guys are working on now? Yeah, that's what uh, we're re also releasing now. Um, and that's again something that came. Uh, sorry. <laughs> as like as like an in between. Thing collaboration also with with somebody else. Oh yeah, and we were like, oh, I that's awesome. Your, I love and, your design and, stuff. Yeah, it's so good looking. <laughs> and just sending it out there in a very limited run, so that it does exist. We can share it. it it's viable also to do that, but it's not the hassle. That sounds very negative of doing like a hundred, uh, mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. a whole run. I think there's something, you know, it's, there's definitely a collector's aspect to the synth world. Yeah. And, you know, there's, it's, for me, I kind of like the fact that there's some stuff out there that is limited run. I mean, it's, it sucks that, you know, maybe somebody who really wanted the opportunity to play with it doesn't get it, but I, I don't know, we can't have everything we want. And I, I like the idea of these kind of like, like, I, you know, I like the idea of these in 20 years. What are people going to be, you know, are these going to be these things that people are just like so excited? About? Oh, there's only four left, you know, like <laughs> where are they? And like trying to track them down and stuff like that. There, there's also a weird balance of um, before we release anything. You, okay, we have the design completely ready and you, we, we could just order a thousand of them or 5,000, who knows. Uh, but you have to look, in, look at yourself in the mirror and, and just sort of convince yourself that the world needs a hundred of these to exist. Because there's so much energy going into to producing these, and it's absolutely not green or ecological or whatever. Uh, if, if we make too many of these, we're doing the planet to the surface. So we're finding the yeah. right amount that's allowed to exist every time is sort of it's a big puzzle. Yeah, you guys seem to you. There, I get the sense that you, it's almost you. You take into consideration like so many things outside of just like the kind of the um the, the capitalistic side of it um i don't know you you seem like you guys have like a core value system that yeah, you work yeah, around yeah, with very, everything it's that seems very apparent to me very much and um we also are very happy to live in uh in this country where mm -hmm. you know that is is fairly easy to do that i also like um you come from not uh, very how do you say that financially affluent Households, and me neither. I owe my education uh, to the state, uh, not mm -hmm. to my parents. But uh, we have also... Mm, so the whole setting of our society gives you much easier access to that kind of freedom. It's like you can still do stuff because you just want to make money. And a lot mm -hmm. of people do, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Entrepreneurship is usually you um something that you use to make money and grow your company and make more money and grow your company and etc um but you can also use entrepreneurship as almost a uh a proof that your art uh can exist 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I think, more closer than to, to how we use it and why we also do small runs. And we have early on decided that we do not want to grow as a company, which is a weird decision to start with. <laughs> so we, we don't want to end up having to hire people. So, yeah. <laughs> so Well, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that, um, you know, it... It's really strange, especially, you know, growing up here in the United States, we are very capitalistic and, um, (laughs) it's, it's an, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to reach your mid thirties and have these kind of moments of clarity that I've been having over the last few years. And especially this year, um, just these, these really like, like, oh, like the way that I think about the world and the way that I've conducted myself to try to get what I want and, and. I mean, I've, I've all like doing the podcast is kind of like my, the, the fruition of my dream as a kid of wanting to be a rock star or whatever, yeah. you know, like, now because I'm doing, and, and what I mean by that is like, I'm getting to do the thing that I want to do. And, and most of my time that I like outside of friends, friendships and relationships, you know, and just day-to-day life, most of the time. Um, that I get to spend in this life is now doing that. And that's been my goal. And, and having that as a goal in the United States has always been like, how do I make money off of this? And then once you do that, it adds a level of greasiness to it. That's just kind of gross. And it's something that I've really had to like, like, what do I want to do? Like, I want more people to listen to my podcast, but I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I don't want everybody to listen to my podcast. It's not for everybody. I want the people who want to listen to want to listen to it. But I also want that to, I don't know. Like I'd be lying if I, if I didn't say that I wanted this to fully financially support me, it's, but, but to take actions to try to do that, feels gross to me. And that's just like a byproduct of the society that I grew up in. It's very strange. Yeah, that it comes. I'm, I'm also, um, I don't know, Dutch pragmatic, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, I don't think money is necessarily dirty. And I think right. I'm really annoyed by people who are like, I don't want any possessions. I feel so much better now that I don't have any stuff. You need a basic you know, level of life before you can say that. Exactly. Yeah. That comes from a point of privilege for sure. Yes. So uh, there's also that, you know, and Mm -hmm. and the in between that is a middle where if you can be satisfied with what that middle gives you money wise and life wise, um, I think you can do a lot. So it's, we just changed our priority to, um, what we want to create or I mm-hmm. want to support him creating um, and not necessarily how much money we want to make with that. Having said that, this is a business. This is not a charity mm-hmm. because we, right. so <laughs> we, we have discussions about what do I, what do you feel you want to make? What is interesting musically? What is interesting as, as to have as a piece of hardware, but also how will people appreciate that? And how am I going to, let that be known to the world. Like you want mm-hmm. your podcast to be known so it can reach the people that, you know, would, would benefit from hearing this and would enjoy hearing this, um, which goes back to my marketing degree long, long time ago. <laughs> what do, do you want to say something? I, love doing this. I just got to say for the I'm listener, the, they're sharing a microphone and they're, they're, 
They're currently ki- fighting over it, and it's adorable. <laughs> I wasn't there yet. Lots of points. Yay. So part, uh, part, part of the making of this possible, of course, um, we, we have to sort of calculate the risk for, uh, well, we design something for X years, so it has to make X amount of money, and it has to make X plus Y amount of money so we can afford designing the next thing as well. Um, and part of making this work has been um, automating as much as we possibly can, and that's, uh, this has been the big lesson in the Phoenix design for, for us, um, because... Uh, in all these years as, as freelance inventor consulting person, I've, I've done a lot of factory um, software, like like preparing files for big CNC machines uh, and, and circuit board mm-hmm. design things. Um, so one of the things that we're doing now is, is trying to make all the designs as procedural as possible. So we were just uh, adjusting a few numbers and, and a complete new design is spit out on the backside with all the files that go to all the different manufacturers for or factories for for uh, for different components. So in, instead of growing our business in numbers, we're growing it in knowledge and tools. So we can pretend yeah. to be a way bigger company than we actually are because the <laughs> tools will do all the work for us. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I I like I don't know that I love that to hear something that is you know in in a sense a capitalistic adventure or not adventure a capitalistic venture. Um, Adventure too. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, maybe it is an adventure. But but have like, I don't know. I think, and going back to like kind of my podcast thing, I think that, like you said, money isn't a, money isn't a bad thing. It's, it's when, I think when things are pure and they have, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Authenticity. That's when, I think that's, that's the difference. And I, that's the line that I don't want to cross, I guess, that I'm talking about. And I feel like you guys are, are riding very well. You're doing what you want to do. You're not compromising your values for money. You're doing what you want to do. And if that is successful, then that's the goal. And that's kind of, that, yeah, it's, you know. We're, uh, we are selective in it. And we usually say that, you know, what he makes, I sell. But my job is not very hard because what he makes is generally very good. So that... <laughs> That, that makes it yeah, easy. Yeah, I want to talk about that. We're almost at an hour and we haven't really talked about <laughs> We haven't even talked about the thing. Oh, dear. <laughs> but um, that's also because um, in, you know, there's a selection in choosing of what design are you going to be working on. Then there's in what you learn while designing something and experimenting with how, the, you know, the circuitry makes the sound and if this is interesting or not. There's a lot of selection there. But even what you learn from the experiments, um, a lot of things don't go to be a product. So there's also selection there. This, and that mm-hmm. selection maybe more has to do with uh, what do we want to productize? What can mm-hmm. be and should be a product? Yeah, that seems to be something that I've, I've suspected a lot of designers have, have an issue with because there's, there's more ideas in your head than there is on your website store. Um, you know, and then trying to like choose between those, like, well, do I want to do this thing that might not sell as well, but it's the the idea I'm more passionate about, or is this the safer bet that I know will be worth producing because I think it will sell better. Like that's gotta be a constant battle too. Sorry. We have one definite baseline that it's, uh, if it's already out there, no, Mm -hmm. no, nothing, another 
you know, whatever. It has to have a special element that you were, he was frustrated with, didn't exist, or had already always wanted to make. It can't be, uh, oh, we see that this would do very well here, so we're just going to make that. Right, right. Well, I want to talk about your stuff um, for a moment here because, well, that's why that's one of yeah. the reasons I got a hold of you. Um, well, I haven't got to use any of it. I, I haven't real. I haven't seen any in the wild. Um, yeah, um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I'm bummed out about that. But well, like, what made me really want to reach out? What I mean, what caught my eyes at first was the aesthetic. To be honest, I just the I way do. it looks is so unique, and you know, I think in a world of and I'm not disparaging anybody right now, but in a world of a, of a lot of black and gray, it's cool to see your, what you got and, and your LED options, especially with your envelope that is actually showing you what the envelope's doing with a stream yeah. of LEDs, um, the wobbler, you know, like that's like the fact that there's these visual components and I'm, yeah, th like showing you what it's doing while it's doing it is is not only, I mean, at, at first it's just aesthetically cool. Like sometimes, at Chris, especially at Christmas time, I like to just turn on my synth and leave it in the corner. As a <laughs> yeah. So your guys' stuff would be great for that. But it's to have the visual component for you to see. You know, I've, I've, I work with this company after later. I, I pro, like I, uh, you know, I beta test for them and stuff. And, you know, Lenny has sent me over some stuff. Uh, you know, prototypes. And then he sent me a new version of the same thing. But the only like the main difference is it has an LED and just having that LED telling me what it's doing is a huge difference, you know? Yeah. So like definitely what? Yeah. So, I mean, you guys really took that to the next step and I was going to ask why that is, but kind of hearing your story and leading up to it, I think I know the answer, you know, like you want it to be intuitive and uh, having yep. an educational background and you know and, and also just like general all... software background I, I come from having a gigantic screen available where i can have a, a whole <laughs> overview of everything going on and then going mm -hmm. into hardware i don't want to lose that that overview so it's uh, also if possible not replace it with a screen and a million options because that is a, sh or a shitty user interface for this environment so mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. yeah I think that maybe has also, if, if I'm in the design anywhere, it's in the discussions of how do we make feedback that's that's useful and, and mm -hmm. what is the minimal amount uh, but m most most useful uh, feedback that we can give. Minimum viable feedback? Minimal, fi well, yeah, but it's not minimal, <laughs> minimal maximum effective or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think uh, modular, the modular world is kind of, ripe for this kind of thinking be given the format um you know restraints and given the whole thing of like okay well this already exists how can i improve upon that what am, what doesn't exist that i want to exist i think like all of these things and like you like i, I know a lot of people are are not into screens so how can we give you information with leds in the most streamlined way i think all of like these are equations that i think a lot of people out there are trying to solve which I think really just makes it just uh, why why it's so appealing to so many people. I think I mean about I mean ultimately it's to make music, right? I think we, yeah, we lose track yeah, of yeah. that sometimes, but <laughs> um, but it's I think that's why there's such like a a a gear like there's like a passion for the gear, and I think it's beyond collector. I think it's because it's it's almost like fine uh, fine you know I don't know wine or. or craft brew but or it's, it's, it's <laughs> also, there's this whole thing of theater design almost that, that goes into it because um yeah I, I come from the software background and if i 
if I have to make a track for that it has to be finished tomorrow, I will not reach for my monitor. I will just grab a laptop and a headphone and just just mm-hmm. ten finger touch typing until the track is done. Um, but if I want to have fun, I want to have this whole cockpit spaceship around me blinking and <laughs> yeah. ma- making me feel good so I can put that feeling into that music. But uh-huh. it, but it, that, that's really just stage design. It doesn't even matter if <laughs> what it sounds like. If it just makes me feel better, the music will be better. Yeah, no, I think I think there is something to that. I think um, I've I've said this many times, but I think the aesthetics for me is a huge part of of um, instruments because I want something to invite me to play it. Like here, for instance, um, do I'm going to show you guys my Dan Electro guitar. That's Ooh. maybe not the it's not the highest quality guitar in the world. But it looks but really nice. I look at it and it says Tim. <laughs> yeah. Make music. You know, and that's what modular really does too. Yeah. Especially if it's blinking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you're quite, you know, really blind, you know where everything is, especially in buzz on a computer. But I have never seen that smile that people have when turning a knob. And you know, and and the system responds to that, and the sound changes. That is, I don't think an experience you can have behind a keyboard. You should probably tell about about the experience at Superbooth with the blind people. Oh, I had once when we were at. I think that was our first Superbooth. I don't know. Um, there were uh, a few blind musicians, German blind musicians, mm-hmm. and I speak a little German. So I tried to explain, I think the Tuesday in the Wobbler was all we had then, probably, um, by just having, you know, putting your finger on the knob and then she would turn it to hear some sort of difference and then I would explain what it does and then we would go through a few knobs and I would see her face sort of lit up when she heard what was happening. But after I explained her a few things, she grabbed another person that was with her and went much faster than I did and, and, and guided, uh-huh. you know, his hands around it. When this does this and this does this. So it was the blind telling the blind uh, <laughs> about sound. And and I was just, you know, took a step back and says, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> Great. That is so cool. Great little moment there. Yeah. <laughs> this also made me realize that making music for a blind person is almost like virtual reality because... Your world is your the sound is your world, so you're replacing mm-hmm. all the sounds with a new set. So a virtual reality wow. headset for a blind person is much easier to make. Yeah, <laughs> I've never thought about that. Um, well, that's, that's so cool. I I I mean, we're like I said, I think we're we're over an hour, or we're just at an hour. So I mean, I feel like we covered a whole lot of ground. I feel like I could talk to each of you just about your personal backgrounds for about three more hours apiece. Um, but since we're here at the end, is there anything that we haven't covered that you guys wanted to uh, scream from the modular mountaintops? Oh well, uh, yeah, of course. The, the Phoenix Four is 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 uh, very close to to being completely manufacturable. Um, okay. We're 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 doing the final tests to see if we if we really didn't do anything stupid. So, uh, fifty years from now, something might accidentally break. Uh, <laughs> th- th- these things are are meant to to exist for life, which is another one of those design mm-hmm. things that that we haven't really touched yet. But we try to make an instrument, and just like the old violins are still still around and being repaired all the time, anything we make um, should be repairable fifty years from now. Which is also okay. part part of these morals and values that everything we want, uh, every, everything we want to design and release, has to be open source because, well, I won't be for, around forever, 
and somebody yeah. will have to be able to update, <laughs> repair, or whatever, <laughs> and ma- maintain it. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the that you guys did the, the open source thing. So I'm glad you mentioned that. <clears throat> so even if it's not all that DIY friendly, although there is a whole Facebook group, Choose DIY, for people that are interested, um, where hundreds of people are now trying to build our modules, and a lot of them with great success. Um, the primary reason to be open source is not that people build it, but really for this maintainability and uh, re- yeah, and, and e- educational value. Uh, it's, and it's how you learned everything. It's you learned every everything by looking at designs that were available to you, and trying shit out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it seemed very reasonable to us to do the same. But I'm okay. I'm also you know beyond. Uh, this is not rocket science. I'm also the, the few papers that I have are in of what's known as open science. So my my work is on uh, ResearchGate, and even the things that I'm not exactly allowed to publish because as an academic, you don't have the rights to your own work anymore. Yay! Uh, yeah. Is is on there? So we we both really <laughs> have that as sort of a, a you know a, an attitude that you should share as much as possible. Um, what you've learned so that others might learn from it. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. Um, I have, I have a proposition for you and if, if I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Ah. And if uh, if you guys don't want to, I will, uh, I will um, edit this out. But are you familiar with the patch challenge that I do on the show? No. Okay. So at the end of, so at the end of the show, usually what I do is I give the guest uh, a random adjective and a random noun. And then after we're done talking, I, they're supposed to set 15 minutes on a timer and create a patch out of that. Oh. And then record a few minutes of it to send over with their recording of their voice. Yep. What I was going to suggest maybe if you wanted to try it out is do that. But Priscilla, do you want to try to add some vocals to it? Yeah, Can you process no your vocals through yes, it? Yes, yes. I don't know how, how we're set up to record that. At the moment, um, you can re you replay well, you, that, but we you do guys that. can do it all when we're done. You can record it however you want and produce it and send it over to me when it's done. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Cool. Well, let me get out my patch challenge generator that my buddy Sam Chittenden made for me. I'll have oh, to show you guys. It's pretty cool. Great. Yeah. He, I used to just go to this website called Creativity for You, which was not a very creative <laughs> creative name. Um, Random word friend, generator. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, our buddy Sam Chittenden, who works at um, Waveform Magazine, actually, he made me this little patch challenge generator. Oh. So you can see, you can, what is our? We challenge? can select a mood. Is that I'll give you a few. Website m- as well? can other people use that? Yeah, yeah. If you go to um, my Instagram and go to my link tree, it's it's, it's in the in link there. tree. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a few moods to p- pick from. Right. How about peaceful? Dark or rhythmic? Rhythmic, right? Sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. We're going to go rhythmic and then the words. Let's see. Sometimes it takes a minute to get anything. Ah, declamatory singing. The what? I mean, like, like what a, is that? Yeah, what is, de- <laughs> what is declamatory? Like a declamation? <laughs> I have no idea. What is declamatory? Hold on. I got to look. The, hold on. I got to look this up. <laughs> We're learning something here. Today Declam- I learned because if because if it means something cool, it might be perfect, right? Declamatory, declamatory, like vehement or impassioned expression. What? What? For? Imp- 
impassioned expression. Oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I think that's pre- I think that's pretty uh, fitting, right? You always said you're the loudest singer in the group. I think I think <laughs> I think the Patch Gods just uh, just served us up a nice one here. Uh, are there any any other rules around this patch challenge? Any modules you want so, in there or? It's really up to you. The the only rule I have, which I'll 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 be uh, flexible on, since you're gonna you know have to, it's two of you and you have to figure out how to get the voice in there and stuff. But what I try to do is have you set an alarm for 15 minutes, and then create the patch in that that time frame, and then when it's over, you can record your final product for two to five minutes and send it over to me. So you don't have to record the process of making it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And you guys can produce, like, you can mix it and edit it or however you'd, however you'd like afterwards. Um, cool. I'm going to just write down the words here so I don't forget. Inflammatory. What is that, that's, Inflammatory. Uh, ah, ah, ah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, this was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really glad that you guys took the time out to do this. Um, and I hope you guys have a nice dinner here in a few minutes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think we will. Yeah, thank you so much. There's, Absolutely. There's still sunshine over there because yours just starting the day, right? You're yeah, I believe it's ten. It's ten a.m. right now. Yeah. So my my cat is sunbathing behind me, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for a walk after this. It's Do you have night. Easter uh, Easter celebrations today, or no? Uh, you, um, we tend to do it on Sunday here, okay. but my wife and I aren't really religious, so we didn't. And with the whole. Uh, we might have gone to like a, fa- uh, uh, you know, her her brother's house, who's pretty religious. We might have gone there or something. But with right. this uh, quarantine thing, I I kind of forgot it was even Easter. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> we're, we're all we're How about in you an guys? intelligent lockdown apparently. Um, <laughs> and on the whole, we we've kept like the Christian days of festivity. But uh-huh. none of the religious things, like going to church or anything. You just mm-hmm. it's Easter, so you get together. An Easter brunch is a big thing, which uh, mm-hmm. an enormous amount of boiled eggs and chocolate <laughs> and uh, prosecco when you're an adult. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, so we had a, just the two of us uh, that yesterday in the in the garden. Oh, cool! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and I'm a glad friend, to hear you guys are making the most of it. was really sweet. She brought round. Um, I I keep calling them pregnant bunnies. They're like a bread Easter yeah. bunny with a boiled egg in the in the oh. tummy. Whoa! <laughs> and she and she was uh, just hanging it on the door because you know, we're all in lockdown. Uh huh. And we got this little text: "There's a present at your door," which was really sweet. <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. Um, well, not not a pregnant bunny, but uh, after later audio, I mentioned them earlier. They they just live right across the valley from us, and uh, I got a message from Lenny. Um, saying, hey, check your front porch. And I went out there and him and his wife, Clarissa, sent my wife and I this beautiful bouquet of flowers, actually, Aww. right here. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty nice of him. What are those? What is that? Oh, you know what? If my <laughs> wife was here, she could tell you because she's a horticulturist, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think there's some tulips in there. Yeah, maybe. I, was, I was, think there's some tulips. I th- I was going to say, but in, you know, I don't want to be overly Dutch. It, it looked like <laughs> tulips to me. <laughs> um, all right. So where should people go to check out your stuff? Uh, www.thisisnotrocketscience.nl. Yeah. That should work. Or 
just uh, this Great. is not rocket science. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter, at Facebook. Facebook. Choose DIY for the DIY people. Choose DIY for the DIY people. On on Facebook. Yeah. And GitHub. Very cool. GitHub. Also. Yeah. But that's uh, if you aren't or if you've already been to this is not rocket science.nl, you will also find the GitHub and the Instagram and everything else. Okay, cool. All right, let's check out Stein and Priscilla's impassioned expression. That was that was amazing. 
How often do you get two people working on a patch challenge with vocals? Uh, I want to thank Stein and Priscilla so much for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. Um, as you could probably tell, I had a great time during that conversation. Um, Remember, there's the Discord server I really want everybody to come and hang out on. Um, I want to thank all you Patreon subscribers for helping out. You're really, really keeping me afloat during this time of unemployment. Um, And, again, if you want some modular lessons, I have some slots open. So hit me up at podmodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in that. Um, So I posted a link to uh, a, a Bandcamp album that I released a while ago called uh, Cabin Jams. Uh, it was more of an EP, actually. Uh, and then uh, Mitch from Empress made a funny comment. He was like, oh, show me the stuff that you're embarrassed about. So I went through my band camp to see if there's anything I was embarrassed about, and there wasn't much that I'm too... Not, not embarrassed enough to like share with you and be like, hey, check out how bad this is. But I did find some old stuff that... Um, I kind of forgot about that I really like. So I'm going to share this with you. This is like just before I got into modular. Um, but this is a little collaboration I did with my friend David Lutz. Uh, I had him sing and I chopped his voice up and I put it over some some synth stuff and some bass. So uh, yeah, please enjoy this track. It's called Sub Atlantic Swell. And until next week. <laughs>